0: Having been someone that's been into taking medicinal mushrooms for many, many years, I got to tell you, I was super stoked when Four Sigmatic dropped on the scene a couple years ago with their super tasty, easy to use little mushroom packets. Now, one of the ones I was most excited about and continue to be excited about, in fact, just this morning when I made my morning fatty butter coffee, I put their reishi packet right in there straight up. And I do that just about every day, actually, morning and night, at least I'm doing one of them. But one of the things that's great about their reishi is you get the health benefits from it, but they actually found a way to make it taste good. Now, reishi mushrooms normally taste really, really bitter if you get a medicinal dose, which by the way, uh, their products do have 1500 milligrams of reishi, which is a medicinal dose. Somehow they've worked their magic, these crazy fins, and they found a way to make reishi actually taste good. So part of my morning ritual will be to take their reishi or maybe chaga or one of their other mushroom products, but definitely before bed or any time I want to relax even right before I meditate sometimes I'll just make myself a nice warm elixir some coconut oil, some ghee, throw that in the blender and fire that up and it's instantly calming and there's tons of scientific studies that indicate that ongoing use of reishi mushrooms not only helps you sleep the night you take it but there's a cumulative effect so if you take it all the time you tend to be more and more relaxed over time and your sleep cycles get regulated. Not to mention all of the immune modulating properties of reishi mushrooms. This is one of the kings of the Chinese herbal system and reishi is just fantastic. And now we've got a way to take it that's not only effective, but tastes really good. So if you want to check it out, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke story. That's sigmatic.com forward slash Luke story. And as always, my friend, I've got an amazing discount for you. If you use the code Story at checkout, you're going to save 15% off at foursigmatic.com forward slash LukeStory. This episode would not be possible, folks, if it weren't for my friends over at Organifi.com. You can find all of their fantastic products, many of which I use on a daily basis at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. If you're looking uh, for something to start with, I would go for the green juice powder. Easy to travel with, super, super powerful and energizing and so good for you. But not only that, it actually tastes good. It's not a green powder that tastes like mold mixed with cat litter and an old shoe it tastes freaking delicious it's minty it has kind of a matcha essence no sugar doesn't spike your blood sugar won't take you out of ketosis it's just badass it's a great alternative to buying super expensive easy to spoil green juice now i love my green juice but i really love the powder Also, I'd love for you to try the Organifi Gold. And I'll tell you what, this stuff actually is gold. I covet my uh, bins of gold in my kitchen. I protect them. I look out for them. I only share my gold with very close friends. No, actually, I give it to everyone that comes over because it's such an easy sell. And um, one little secret that my friends and family don't know is that I don't really do anything to it. You know, it's like they'll come over, make me that one drink. It's so delicious and I feel special. But all I literally do is put like hot water and cold water, maybe some fats into it. And, you know, I might soup it up with some other smart drugs or something weird like that. But really, it's just the gold tastes so good. It's a great base for any other type of elixir or superfood drink or even like a paleo ice cream or anything like that. So the gold and the green are amazing, but they also have some protein and probiotics and a red juice and all kinds of rad stuff over at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Once you get there, use the code Lifestylist and save yourself a cool 15%. Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Do you know what time it is? Right now, it's time for you to open your mind and heart for our illustrious guest, Ninka Bernadette Maritsen. She is a journalist, a health influencer, best selling author, and health coach. What makes her story so harrowing and unique and powerful is that her son was diagnosed with autism at the age of four but she was able to reverse all of his symptoms using the philosophy and protocols that we cover in this conversation. It's truly a fantastic story. Her perspective is so out of the box that she believes that the current autism epidemic is in fact a wake-up call to mothers all around the world. The topics we discuss in this episode is why she believes vaccines are not the root cause of the autism epidemic How autism healed her PTSD, connected her to her purpose, and ultimately helped her find her twin flame. While the foundation for healing is outdoors and inside of you rather than at the doctor or in a supplement, how moms can get addicted to autism and a victimhood mentality. Five things you can do right now if your child has autism symptoms, how autism starts years before pregnancy. Why most popular diets, superfoods, and supplements can make many symptoms related to mental disorders worse. Some new data that anyone with depression and mood swings needs to know. Crazy autism transformation stories you will find hard to believe. And finally, what autism and plant medicines like ayahuasca have in common. This is a somewhat controversial and absolutely inspiring conversation with a brave and brilliant woman. This was recorded in London. Uh, the same day as next week's episode, Early Adopters, with Paleo FX founders Keith and Michelle Norris. And uh, this was just quite a day of some fantastic conversations, and I've been really excited to cover this topic. It's one that is extremely complex and far-reaching and is becoming more relevant all the time as more and more kids seem to show up with these symptoms. And so I've been looking for someone that is not only an expert, but that has found an answer. And Ninka is that such person. If you enjoy this episode, as I'm sure you will, do me, Ninka, and the world a favor by texting this, emailing this, sharing it on social media. Help get the word out so that people that are still suffering can perhaps find an alternative solution. If you'd like to support the show, your health, and all the work that we're doing here at the Lifestylist Podcast, I want you to visit lukestory.com forward slash store, where you can find all of my favorite health-related products, often at a discount. That's lukestory.com forward slash store. And with that, my friends, let's jump into this fascinating conversation with Nika Bernadette Moritzin. Really great to meet you, Nika. Thanks for coming to meet me today.
1: I'm so honored and happy.
0: This is exciting. So you guys listening, we met online and uh, she listens to the show and has a very fantastic story to share, reached out and um, along with her partner Winford, who I just interviewed, I don't know which one's going to come out first. Uh, but I thought I'd interview them together. And then in reviewing the notes and kind of building my manuscripts for the episodes, I was like, we, we can't do them together because they each have so much to share that it would be a five-hour episode. <laughs> so, um, so here we are doing an individual show for you. And I'm just really excited. You're the top-selling author in your home country of Denmark. So you must know something. I'm sure people there are pretty bright and interested in your information. And I want to dive right into it. You know, we've yet to cover the topic of autism on the show. I've done shows about things that are perhaps related to autism, but not someone with the subjective personal experience that you have. So describe your darkest moments and the moment you realized that your son had autism. Um,
1: Yeah, that is, it's a long time ago and... Going back to that place because we are now out on the other side is just, it's it's crazy because it's, I didn't think we would survive. Um, We never slept more than half hour, one hour. And this went on for about two years.
0: So was it from the time he was born?
1: No, no. He was one of the ones that he was sort of normal when he was born and then he just regressed. At, at what at, age did he start a, regressing? About two years old. Ah, okay. The classic story. He was just. I was following all the experts, the doctors and the nurses' advice for what to eat, what to do, what to feed them, medications, vaccines, all that stuff.
0: What is the vaccine schedule like <laughs> in your home country anyway, as compared to the U.S.?
1: It's it's not as he- hefty as in the U.S. now, but it was a lot, ah, okay. and and it was it was. It was bad for him.
0: Was there any correlation in the timing? Was when he started to show symptoms? Did it have anything to do with the, the you know that current schedule of um, shots?
1: Yes, and at the same time, when he was diagnosed, it took a long time before I connected the dot. And I don't want to say vaccines caused autism because it's a load of different yeah. things that then lead to autism, and. Um, I think that the whole vaccine debate is kind of a sidetrack. So I, I want us I to know, talk yeah. about that later. No, I, but know, yeah. I know we're going to get yeah. into that. Yeah.
0: I just I'm trying to get a picture yes. of that particular yeah. time frame, and I think that's yeah. one of the most interesting things about doing the interview with you is you're not a black and white like mm. my kid got autism because of vaccines. There's a, a way more yeah. sort of global, um, you know, issue with that. So anyway, carry yeah. on.
1: He was diagnosed at diagnosed at the age of. Uh, for around four years old, and he just got more and more apathic and sick, and it was both physically and mentally. So he was just regressing in every way. But it just got worse after he almost at age three on his birthday. It was clear to me something's up because he was just sitting there staring into the wall all day on his birthday. And from then on, he stopped sleeping, he started screaming, he started biting, he couldn't sleep at night, and he was extremely violent. He started jumping off balconies in front of cars, in front of trains, and it was literally, we had to have our eyes fixated on him constantly, or he would die. It was life and death all the time. And uh, he was extremely violent towards his... A uh, little brother. And it was from apathic to craziness. He was like the exorcist without the turning head. He was, he was really... It was insane. He was screaming at night as well, night terror. So we would wake up and he would scream like a ghost just uh, entered the room. And it was just this constant traumatic, like being in a war zone. And we couldn't go shopping. We couldn't drive a car because it was too dangerous. He would just attack us. So we had to split up in two uh, sections. The family couldn't spend time together. We couldn't spend time with our friends. It was literally so bad that at some point, our children's nails started growing around the toes because we, could, we didn't have the energy to cut their freaking toenails. Wow. <sighs> Thinking about it, it's just even it's so long ago and it's just, you can't imagine unless you've been in that situation how crazy it is. And you're losing your child, it's just disappearing in front of your eyes. And the reason why I want everyone to hear this is this is relevant to everyone in this world because one in six children will have autism if we continue down this track within 10 years. And um, either you'll have an autistic child or you will Need the way we turn autism around, you will need that to heal yourself because these children are warning. They are messengers for all of us. They're telling us, listen, this is happening to us so that we can warn you against what's happening to the whole, to all of us, to society, to every single one of us.
0: So with these, what a harrowing experience and thank you for your vulnerability and sharing just a part of that, it's hard to imagine. Um, I was telling Winford, you know, I have a friend whose kid is autistic and um, the stories he's told me are just heartbreaking. And Mm. it's, it's, I don't know that it's that severe with the exorcism analogy, you know, Mm. but um, what I do know is that it's been a terrible stress on he and his wife, not only individually, but for their relationship. And I mean, I, it's like, I feel guilty now for complaining because I only got 30 minutes of REM sleep last night on my app. You know, like <laughs> if if my, the one thing that I just can't stand is when my sleep gets compromised. And exactly. even just the prospect of having children that are born and stay healthy, just yeah. even a regular kid yeah. has such an impact from what I understand from friends of mine who are parents on your sleep. I mean, for, to me, it's just like, God, how... How did you manage to maintain sanity <laughs> well, and not listen. get, not become institutionalized or just completely lose your shit? Or maybe I you did. did.
1: I I got into situations where I thought I want to hang myself now, and the only reason why I didn't was because I didn't want to leave my children. I thought he's going to need me forever, and I felt bad for his brother. But literally, I didn't want to live, and I hated him at times when I had had 20 minutes sleep for weeks. And all he did was when he started speaking a few words, all he did was say, fuck you, basically. I hate you. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And um, all of our friends said, you know, you need to put him in an institution. He's destroying your life. So when we got the diagnosis and it was infantile autism, it was kind of a relief. And I was a very traditional Research a journalist, and I just wanted to do what the doctor said. So I thought, okay, this is poor me, it's for life, there's nothing we can do about it. And um, there was just this little voice in me that was kind of waking up to a different reality. And that voice kept knocking on my door, and I started researching basically to find out how can we get more sleep? Can I Can I help them get more sleep or just feel a bit better. And that's how this, this whole unfolding of autism and the whole turnaround started as a journalist and a researcher.
0: So if it's <laughs> not just the vaccines that cause autism, what else is going on biochemically, mm-hmm. emotionally? And I think you're probably the first person I've heard cover this topic with any, at any depth is spiritually, yeah. And karmically and going into, you know, really some of the even metaphysical aspects of it, what what would you say are some of the top things in those categories that lead to this affliction?
1: So biochemically, we have a whole um, a whole group of functional medical practitioners who know something but not enough. And what's going on is that these children are affected by the load of Toxins, uh, processed foods, they all have issues with the gut. They all have mitochondrial dysfunction. Most of them, and this is something that's completely overlooked, which horrifies me, about 90% of them have something called undermethylation, And methylation is the way that enzymes, hormones and neurotransmitters are activated and, and deactivated it's got to be in balance. You can't be over or under-methylated because it affects everything. Mood, health, mitochondria, enzymes and hormones, that's everything, right? But for these children, almost all of them are under-methylated, which means that they all of these activities are just not working. And that's a big part of it. And then when they get into a situation where they are born in a they all we, all children only inherit mom's mitochondrial dna so i would say autism starts years and years before we ever get pregnant so it's my dna my lifestyle before i got pregnant during pregnancy and and in the hospital when we give birth i had a lot of uh, medicine um, before and after birth i gave birth in a hospital and my son was put on formula when he was about four months old that was the thing they did in 99 and was
0: that do you think i mean was it because you weren't producing milk or was it just just it was just a hassle to breastfeed and they just said oh just use formula no they
1: say oh at that time and this is the whole thing we are told to do things that are Unnatural. So I was told to stop breastfeeding and start the child on formula. That was in fashion back in 99. And then he was put on processed baby food after that and things just went downhill. So autism is caused by mom's health before, during and after a childbirth and lifestyle and food. Baby food, and then the environment that you're born in, and then the underlying biotypes. So, typically, under methylation, and they are often dealing with um, pyrrole disorder and copper overload and high gluten. They can't convert GABA to glutamate, which causes a lot of the tantrums and aggression. That's the underlying biotype that no one looks at except William Walsh. He's one of the cutting edge.
0: What's, what's the scientist's name?
1: William Walsh. He's got a William Walsh. Yeah, he's got a nonprofit autism research uh, institute, and he's had eight thousand kids going through his, wow. his uh research programs. Does and,
0: he focus on the the bio type? Yes, which is not a term I was familiar with until I started researching you and, no. and your work.
1: And it always takes about ten to twenty minutes to reach mainstream, but this is one of the things that's going on.
0: Years, you mean? You said. 10 to 20 minutes. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I was just going to let it slide. I was like, that would be amazing, right? You just like tweet it and they're like, oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. We're running with yeah, that. Yeah. No, well, I- that's what's fun about doing the show though, because so many people like you and Winford and all of the brilliant people that I interview are so ahead of the curve that I, I think that that's going to exponentially start being shorter.
1: Yes. Because, because of, the, the, of the, wi- out, yeah, yeah.
0: the widespread and instantaneous sharing of information mm-hmm. that for right in this moment uh, of 2019 is while well, it's being heavily censored as i'm sure you know it's a completely different podcast yeah. in fact my show tomorrow with kelly brogan which listeners will have already come out addresses big tech censorship yeah. as it pertains to alternative health and healing exactly. due to interventions by the profit motive of big pharma etc that said for right now i can have someone you with you on and there there could be you know mm-hmm. someone that's uh, running you know, a, a program at a university or someone that's able to do studies and like these things. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so, I digress, so carry on.
1: No, but it's really important. And one of, one of the my mentors who took me under his wings and taught me a lot of things was one of the first doctors to disappear when all these doctors disappeared a couple of years ago. He was the first one and he was amazing researcher into autism, Jeff Bradstreet. But so it's food, mom's food, mom's lifestyle, child's lifestyle, hospital birth, food after childbirth, toxins, environment, blue light. And then um, when it comes to the spiritual aspect, these children have been abducted from Mother Nature. And that's basically if we cut down to the nitty gritty of it, these children have nature deficiency. That's, that's what's going on. And they are here as representatives from na- nature telling us this is not happening. You know, it's not working. <laughs> we need to be born at home and we need to be in a tribe. We need to be connected to animals and the microbiome of animals and the environment in the tribe. And we need sunlight. We need bare feet. We need Grounding, we need your presence basically as parents because they need us to be with them. And that is the spiritual aspect of it. And this is why, when I did ayahuasca, the message I got from plant medicine was these children are plant medicine, they're coming to civilization to show us everything that isn't true, everything that is unnatural, everything that is removing us from nature and trying to wake us up on a collective level to change the world, to to raise the consciousness. That's why there's so many of them. And that's why all these protocols don't work and all these battles that we have with with the vaccine industry and the establishment, because it's not what it's about. This is about children calling us home. And that's why the, the autistic children, they are the wise people And we should be honored when we are gifted with an autistic child because they are here to wake us up. And every mom needs to take that journey and take that job on as an honor on behalf of Mother Nature. That's a spiritual part of autism. And that's why it's happening emotionally. It has to do with women disconnecting from their bodies, that was the case for me. I was someone who came from a very dysfunctional family and um, abusive childhood, and I shut my heart and disconnected from my body from a very early age. So I, this was my body, and I was living a life separate to my body: drinking, eating crabby foods, crabby relationships. Um, not honoring my body at all or my soul or my heart. So I was just detaching. I was never in nature. I was just living a completely toxic, unnatural life and a toxic emotional life. So that's just something that then continues when we have children. And when you detach from your body, then when you become pregnant, you just continue that whole... Pattern of detaching and you don't listen to your instinct you don't listen to that inner voice you don't listen to your body you don't listen to your soul so you just do whatever someone else tells you to do and feed your child what someone else tells you to do to feed your child and you do whatever your friends who are as messed up as yourself are doing so emotionally autism also we need to take responsibility as Moms as parents. Because when, when I had the diagnose and I, I could then started looking back at what I had done, what I have, had given him medication, heavy medication, just right from childbirth, to try and fix the symptoms, the rash, the eczema, the, the, the mental disorder, everything that he expressed to try and wake me the fuck up. Instead of listening to those symptoms, I tried to fix them and numb them out. But those symptoms were here to tell me, listen, you're you're on the wrong track. You need to listen to your child. You need to, to, to change your life. You need to follow your instinct. Because honestly, there have been so many times in my life, my own personal life, and with my child and in pregnancy, at the hospital at the doctor's office, where that inner voice said, no, 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 when I was given this prescription for hydrocortisone, when we were sitting there and, and doing the vaccines, and when he was given antibiotics as a baby. But I didn't listen. I listened to authorities. I listened to everyone else. So this is something that's hard for us to face, but we need to face our own responsibility, for autism. I created autism and there were, there's no mistakes in it because it was part of the path for me to wake up and for me to be able to help other moms today. I would have been fat in a bad marriage. I would still be a journalist, drinking red wine every day, smoking cigarettes and small talking and driving to work, hating my job <laughs> and, and regretting having children if it wasn't for autism. So autism is a sacred wake-up call.
0: That's a very elevated elevated point of view. And I, I relate to it in a, in a sense of, you know, having had my own largely self-imposed nightmare of many years of addiction and finally mm-hmm. becoming free of that many years ago. And even child, some childhood trauma, uh, some of which I was truly an innocent victim and some of which... You know, I was at least partly responsible for, but had those things that one would look at as profoundly negative in most cases not happened. I I know that I wouldn't have the degree of care, empathy, compassion, mm-hmm. depth, a yearning, exactly. a yearning for God, a yearning for higher consciousness, for evolution. Uh, I I know that that wouldn't be present, mm-hmm. and so I say it's an elevated point of view because it's it's one that I think you can only. Perhaps understand until you've experienced it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like the arrows that we took, <laughs> whether self self-shot or not, um, had a purpose. Yes. Right. And I, I think this is really one of the only ways that we can negotiate with reality when it's profoundly mm. painful. Yes. Right? Is this. that is that we're finding a, a deeper underlying purpose. Now I've never heard this from your perspective as it pertains to autism, and I think that this is exciting because so many people, I think, have a more superficial understanding. Even me, I'm like, oh yeah, autism, duh. Kid gets a bunch of shots, gets autism. Yeah, I mean, that's my, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm oversimplifying it. Of yeah. course, I, I recognize that it, you know, it's a it's more so... far-reaching. But you're you're going like super cosmic, <laughs> zoomed out really far with this. But one thing that you touched on is. Um, N D S. I'm just going to make it a new mm-hmm. thing. Nature deficiency syndrome, right? Yeah,
1: disorder. Yeah, <laughs> disorder.
0: Okay, okay. So N D D. Nature deficiency disorder. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so NDD, N, deficiency... N- okay, yeah. yeah. okay. yeah. so D D. Let's call it. And I was I was telling someone I interviewed in the past couple of days. There's been so many. I don't remember whom it was, but you know, driving around London, just looking at these giant hospitals, and I have I this. You know, I have this in. Um, in LA all the time and wherever I go. And it's, it's just so strange as a species that we've normalized yeah. having to build these massive structures to house sick and dying people and chop them up yeah. and fill them full of drugs. And that's just we're like, Oh yeah, that's just the way it is. No, it's not the way it is. It's, it's 100%, 100% due to domestication.
1: 100%.
0: That's it. Like yeah. if you could give, at least in my estimation, the, <laughs> The, the syndrome that we're all suffering from as a species is our disconnection from the planet, yeah. from the cosmos, yeah. from human connection, all of those things that you just described. And so what you're suggesting, um, as I understand it, is that autism as a whole is a result of our domestication. Would yes. that be another way of yes. expressing that?
1: Totally. And this whole um, shaping into to non-thinkers, so so, what happened to me was, okay, I, this was before Google and now we're back to, we have no Google because we can't trust Google anymore. But I, it was literally old school research for me. I, I, I was starting to, to read books, meet with people. I went to medical conferences in the US to try and learn about this. And I met doctors who said, okay, we are reversing autism here for, for kids in the US. And I was in a room f- full of moms and doctors, all of these medical professionals all had autistic children that they had had to save. They were all crying on stage and then all of a sudden I was in this room with moms who had children who no longer had autism. That's when it snapped in me and I thought, okay, I'm going to do that for my child. Because it was a, a, a possibility all of a sudden. So um, I went home and I started to clear out everything. Dairy, gluten, processed foods, got rid of the TV, gaming, sold the house in the city because we were living in the middle of Copenhagen, very busy, blue light, toxic city, stressful. And I just knew we have to get into nature. None of these doctors said that, by the way, back then. I just felt it. And... um No toxins, no nothing. So basically, I had this feeling, we need to get back to basics, back into nature. So we moved into the forest by the ocean, got him into the uh, nature and sunlight and grounding. I didn't know anything about it. It just happened because we got him out there. For a whole year straight, he was protesting. He was shitting um, (laughs) in the forest as a protest and peeing and screaming because he didn't want to go outside the house. Without all of his things, because he, he was lining things up and had all his rituals. So it took a year of patience to get this child back into nature and exercising and moving in nature. Um, but then he started sleeping. He stopped screaming. He Before he didn't want any eye contact. If you gave him a hug, he would just bounce back and hit you. He started to have physical contact with us. And he started communicating and we got rid of all the, the junky foods. So for, for one week, he didn't eat anything. But then we just lined out all these berries and vegetables and meat and he wouldn't touch it. We took it away and we started again next day. And then he started, okay, he started getting hungry and he started <laughs> experimenting because it looked great. You know, All these right. colors and we made it really tempting. And so that's the way we turned him around. But this is just to say this is not something you fix overnight or within a month or within seven months. So right now we have a whole movement of biomed for autism where you're presented with different protocols: gaps, diet, nemetek, medical medium fermented foods and uh, fine gold diets. There's there's a lot of different diets. And none of these protocols will work for all children and basically they won't work for most children. So parents do this. They spend a lot of money on testing, loads of money on supplements, and they don't get the results they want because no child fits into a protocol. Basically, if if you have a... Bunch of sheep, no two sheep eat the same thing every day. They eat different plants because all sheep are different. And the same sheep don't eat the same things two days in a row. That's the way we are designed to eat. So that's, that's what our children are born with and we have forgotten because we've taken them away from that instinctive contact to nature and plants so we need to understand that each child has a sacred journey. Each mom needs to collect all the pieces of the puzzle for her healing journey with her, her child. No doctor, no protocol, no supplements, because most of it will make about 50% of these children worse. Really? Let's take an example. Wow. Under-methylation. When a child is undermethylated and remember, it's about its low estimate is 90 percent of all autistic children people with OCD, anxiety, ritualistic behavior are undermethylated and undiagnosed. They have a folate intolerance, which means if they get folate, it's being depleted from the nucleus of the cell, if they get folate. For example, if they go to a doctor who takes an MTHFR test. And gives this child uh, methyl folate. This child will get more tantrums, more hysterical, more autistic symptoms, and get sicker, because they, they can't they, they are intolerant to that form of folate. And if they are put on a green juice every day or a greenie, it's the same thing. So it, greenies in excess for these children will make them worse. So they need a very balanced diet and they need a mom who can, who can interpret that feedback and then regulate the diet. Does that make sense? So yeah. it doesn't mean that they are never going to have broccoli. It means they can't have a greenie every day.
0: A greenie, mean a green smoothie? Yeah, a green okay. smoothie
1: or a green juice or methylfolate or whatever. So uh, another example, in my family, we have a, a dean variants so that we can't convert... GABA to glutamate efficiently. This is very common. So a lot of these kids have high glutamate, which causes anxiety, aggression, agitation, and um, all the things that is autism. Put that child on kombucha and bone broth and all these high glutamate foods that are super, super hyped right now. They will get more aggressive, more anxious, (laughs) more violent. And you would never, ever think it's because of the bone broth.
0: Yeah. I mean, bone broth is the best thing I think you could ever give to, especially a kid with autism that is likely has a compromised gut because of vaccines.
1: Exactly. That's so
0: weird. Collagen,
1: the same thing. Really? Yeah.
0: That's so bizarre. I'm so glad we're doing this podcast. Listen up, folks. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. You know when people use the term, I got a gut feeling, or you've got to listen to your gut, go with your gut. You know there's really something behind that. Your gut is now known as your second brain. And what makes your second brain intelligent is the symbiotic relationship between the various bacteria in there. What happens to many of us, yours truly included, is that we get an imbalance, a dysbiosis in there, where you have too much of the bad guys, not enough of the good guys, etc., So we're constantly working on creating a balance in our gut so that we can have a strong immune system, so that our digestion's on point, and so that we can remain connected to our gut and be in a good mood. Your neurotransmitters are created in your gut, or a lot of them at least. And so if your gut's jacked up, you're going to have a bad life, my friend. Enter our sponsor, Just Thrive Probiotics. You can find them at thriveprobiotic.com forward slash luke. If you use the code LUKE15, you're going to save 15% off. So if you want to say peace out to bloating, gas, leaky gut, digestive problems, you got to get on a good probiotic that will actually survive the digestive process. The spore-based probiotic by our friends at Just Thrive actually works because it does that. It lives inside you and hatches and makes a friendly gut environment. So go to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke and use the code Luke15 to save 15%. And now back to the interview. I want to dip in just for a second Mm -hmm. here. and In the methylation piece, Mm -hmm. how does one test for that? Because I think whether or not you have a kid that has autism, just as an adult, I'm like, oh shit. I think I've taken some gene testing and stuff yeah. that MF whatever MF-er, Um, but I did, it wasn't that meaningful to me. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Whatever is just some you know data. But uh, how do we test for that? How do you test your kids for that to determine? Because it sounds like that's a huge deciding factor. In it is not only how you're going to treat autism, but just general health and well-being.
1: We'll talk about that, and then we'll okay. talk about why you should not be diving into a lot of testing and protocols and supplements until you go. Back to basics. Okay, cool. So save the money, but let's talk about it just okay. for a sec. MTHFR doesn't really say much about methylation. And that's uh, okay, a, that's
0: MTHFR. Chip, uh, is, okay.
1: is this big hype around MTHFR, which is a gene variant, and people use it to say, okay, I'm a bad methylator, I'm a bad detoxifier, I need to take B12 in an active form, I need to take methylfolate, and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't actually show much about Methylation, and whether it works or not. Histamine tests does, because high histamine is um, low methyl. So this is what happens with these children who are under-methylated. They typically have high histamine, so they have seasonal allergies, for example. They're often very OCD, they're very perfectionist, ritualistic. Again, my son used to line up all our furniture, every piece of toy, oh all our clothes and everything had to be the same way every day guess who's really so these children if they, if they are on a vegetarian diet they'll get more ritualistic more hyperactive more cr- crazy in their behavior but those are the people who love a vegan diet because they're so perfectionist and so These are the moms that would typically go to the medical medium or they'll go on an ethically correct diet. So they will be vegan and they'll give their children a vegan diet. And these children will get worse on a vegan diet. So we have in the community, we have children who are autistic because of their diet and that could be helped if they were put on meat because if you're under-methylated, you will never get well unless you eat meat. Period. If you're overmethylated, you can get away with a vegan diet. But back to the testing. So it's a it's a free histamine test combined with a gene test, and you need to go to someone who's a Walsh uh, practitioner. Not only someone who's taken a weekend course, but someone who's had clinical practice for about five to six years. Always ask how many children have you reversed in your practice. You need to know because... And this is
0: the Walsh researcher that you mentioned before. Yeah. Say his name
1: again. William Walsh. William
0: Walsh. Okay. So he's he's trained um, practitioners in his methodology. Yeah. And yes. so you can go to someone that's using his protocols yeah. of testing and treatment and ask them, as you said, like, okay, great. So you've been trained, but not just at a weekend seminar. How many kids have you actually helped?
1: Exactly. How okay. many kids have you reversed?
0: Reversed. Yeah. Not just helped. Okay. Yeah. Reversed. reversed. Which is what we're going to get to, I'm assuming, happened with your boy is... He's good to go now. He is neurotypical.
1: He has no symptoms of autism. He would never be diagnosed today. He's got a normal life, job, girlfriends, passed his college degree. He's set free from these symptoms. Wow. And he's one of the few in the world, I think. Because back to why you shouldn't run out and get the testing and the, the practitioners who do the Walsh protocol is because. Even that won't work. So say you you, you got tested and you were told that your child was under-methylated. Well, then there might be glutamate issues. There might be copper overload and stuff. There might be other biotype issues going on. But, But even if that practitioner puts that child on supplements, unless this child is getting outside every day bare feet exposed to the sun, naked, um, have this contact with mother nature, this is going to be a waste of time. And you need to understand, again, back to the sheep analogy, this child needs different foods all the time, depending on season, depending on, on genetics, depending on stress levels, depending on whether there's an infection or not. We need to get back to, okay, mother instinct needs to regulate this. We can't, Delegated, not even to Walsh practitioners. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So we need to move away from this whole, okay, we can't trust the doctor, so now we're going to put all our eggs in the basket of the biomed doctors or the Walsh practitioners. Right. No, 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 because it's not going to get us there.
0: So the, the biotype is the work of Walsh, and that's a piece of the puzzle.
1: It's one piece of the puzzle, okay. yeah.
0: See, where, I, where where I like where you're going with this is nature exposure, yeah, right? I mean, this yeah. is, as I've been living in the city for a yeah. long, long time and watch some of the negative effects on my physical and psychological health, to be honest, um, I'm looking to get out into the country and be in yeah. nature more. But um, I think that's more possible when you live somewhere that's seasonally less extreme than, than Denmark. So when you started you know, when you moved out of the city, I'm presuming you moved in the middle of nowhere with less EMF and, yeah. and you know, yeah. all that. How did you manage to get him outdoors in the winter when it's yeah. freezing? And for people that live I mean, I recommend ice baths and even yeah. today someone commented on my Instagram, that's good for you. You live in LA. How am I gonna do an ice bath in South Dakota in January? You know, like touche. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a really good point, really? Well,
1: so, my son and I, we went to we, we swam in the ocean. In January, zero degrees and just ice on the water. So we had a sauna. Uh, there was like a sauna club there. So we uh-huh. had a sauna on the in the on the f- seafront. It was a public one, and then just jump in the ocean. But this is a paradigm shift because a I have moms now who have done all this. They've seen the Walsh practitioners. They've done the diet. They have done all the supplements. And I tell them, listen, take a break from all this and just try this just for a couple of months. Get outside, take his shoes off. This is moms in New York and L.A. and everywhere. Big city moms. Get them outside and get them to sleep at night. Give them real foods. That's it. And I have had moms since I just said that to them who had children go from nonverbal to speaking, from not bonding to bonding, from not wanting to eat anything to eating everything just by doing that and nothing else. And there's a hidden key in that because what I told these moms is you need to believe that turning autism around is what we're going for and the opposite is not an option. So this is where the quantum physics come into play because if you believe that autism is for life, if you believe that you are living in a toxic environment and there's nothing you can do, if you believe that this is, you know, I live in New York, so there's EMF everywhere, so there's nothing I can do about it, that's what's going to happen. So the moms that don't believe autism can be turned around, guess what? it's not, it's not going to be for them. The moms that I meet who believe in that, they, it happens right in front of, our, of my eyes and I've interviewed them on my podcast so you can go and listen to them talk about it it happened for them within a couple of
0: months give us the name of your podcast because i'm sure a bunch of moms and perhaps even some dads just went wait what yeah (laughs) i want to hear more of this we only have you know a finite amount of time on my show to do yeah my
1: podcast is is my name ninka bernadette marwinson and you can also search barefoot autism warriors and podcast and there's a mom there from the u.s and there's a mom from denmark and they'll be continuously Uh, more moms coming up just talking about this because I think this is going to be the main thing is the belief shift, the mindset shift and back to nature. Right. That's the basics and that's the most effective.
0: You talk about something that I find very interesting and that is this phenomenon where mothers become addicted to the victimhood element of autism. And, I, yeah. you know, I'm sensing almost like a codependency sort of relationship to this affliction. Could you dive into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, and it's, it's tricky. Um, it causes a lot of anger when we talk about this, but it's a conversation we need to have. I was in that place. When we get the diagnose. remember, most of these moms have had no sleep, no help, no life. And they're offered a diagnosis. They're offered help. Behavioral therapy, they're offered something so they feel that finally I can relax and someone's going to help me. Going to those moms and say, You're, you're, you're only in the beginning of this journey. You're going to have to turn everything around. You're going to change your diet. You're going to have to change your life, your thinking, your relationships, everything. That is not what a mom wants to hear. When we get the diagnosis, and we go into these communities of autism moms and we're told, oh yeah, it's it's, it's really unfortunate and this is for life and and uh, we're going to help you cope with this. You get into this victim helplessness, state of victimhood and helplessness. And it's tempting because then it's someone feels sorry for me, someone's going to provide me with financial support. I had that happen to me as well. And people felt sorry for me. And I liked that feeling. I needed that because my life had been hell. Remember, I wanted to check out. I wanted to commit suicide. That's how bad it was. And so basically, that's what happens when we get into this whole paradigm of looking for symptoms to treat, doctors to fix our symptoms... And delegating the responsibility, that's when we become victims. Also, it makes it easier for us or it gives us a green card to not go and face what we don't want to face. The choices we made, the medicine we took, the food we gave our children, the partner we chose. So in my case... My partner, my relationship, the food, where we lived, everything. I had to question everything. I had to change everything. And that's not tempting. So as, as human beings, we, love, we, 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 we are so addicted to having problems. And autism is a huge one for that. And someone like me who's been addicted to drugs, cigarettes, relationships, attention... Uh, sugar that just fit right into that whole mix, and I don't think we we get into a situation where our our children get autism without us being in that state of detachment. We don't we don't get detached without an element of that. Is it, does it make any sense?
0: It makes perfect sense. Yeah, and mm. I think the path of least resistance and the easy way out is just in human nature right Mm -hmm. i have people that write into the show all the time and they want to know you know they have some particular disorder issue that they're trying to work through on the physical or even sometimes metaphysical level and they want to know the best supplement the best hack the best device and all this and it's like to me i'm like where do you live Oh, i live in new york city fucking move to the country Take a cold shower every day, wake up and watch (laughs) the sunrise. Like the stuff that really, really works, people won't want to do because it requires much more discipline and sacrifice. And to a deeper point, what you're suggesting is that it requires a sense of personal responsibility and accountability in order to comply with those more difficult lifestyle changes. There's a lot more sacrifice in that than like keeping your computer on and your blue light in your face at 1am and then waking up tired and going, Oh, I'll take some qualia to fix it. You know? And I listen, I do this shit all the time. So I'm not saying I have it sorted. I still live in a city, but I find that people, they do want a doctor to fix it or psychiatrist to fix it or whatever the case may be uh, because they don't want to assume the responsibility that their lifestyle and the choices that they've made have been at the root of that not to say that you know people aren't victimized arbitrarily and innocently, of course, and in many cases, especially in the case of early trauma and whatnot. but yeah, who wants to do the real work? like who wants to give up their whole lifestyle and get rid of their TV and change all the blue lights in their house and all of this stuff? And it actually drives me crazy because <laughs> I live in a, in a world inside my conscious awareness where I feel like the changes that I make in my life to that end are sane and the mm. practices and the lifestyle that I lead is actually the most sane and that most of the rest of the world <laughs> that, you know, live next to the cell tower and do the blue light and all the things and end up going, they think that it's normal to go to the hospital and get parts of you cut off and cut yeah. out that that's normal. But yeah. waking up and watching the sunrise or taking an ice bath or any of the things that, that I'm into, um, is extreme. And yeah, It actually pisses me off when people kind of hassle me. Oh, you're so extreme, like loosen up. It's like, dude, you want to talk about extreme? Watch someone go through chemo. That's fucking extreme. Exactly. Have a kid with autism. That's That's fucking extreme. extreme. Like move to the country, run around naked and barefoot, get lots of sun (laughs) on your naked body. Oh my God, that's so crazy. That's so extreme. Really? How do you think we got here? Mm. Going up and getting your own spring water, Yeah. being mindful about your water. That's extreme. No, drinking fluoridated water with literally thousands of chemicals and prescription drug residue in it. That's extreme. You know, so it's just like, ah, sometimes I feel, you know, like when you're having a nightmare and... um. And in the in the nightmare, you're sort of aware that you're in a nightmare. So you try to scream mm-hmm. in the dream to make it stop or wake yourself up and nothing comes out of your mouth. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. how it feels when you've unplugged from the matrix exactly. or, you know, I guess you're always in a process of further unplugging from the matrix of common misbelief is that everyone else that's still in the matrix thinks that you're the one that's gone mad (laughs) and you feel as though you're the one that's getting more sane
1: yeah exactly Right. so it's
0: it's an interesting experience to go through
1: and also so the more intelligent you are the more the more intelligent your self-sabotage patterns will be because then you'll go to one doctor and you'll just do that for maybe Four or five months, you'll do GAPS diet and it doesn't work. And then you jump to the next doctor and then you tell yourself, well, I'm doing all this. I'm changing the diet. I'm doing the gluten-free, the dairy-free. I'm doing the supplements. But actually, you're jumping from doctor to doctor so that you can avoid turning autism around, so that you can stay in the pain, so that you can feel like a victim, but you still tell yourself you're doing all the right things. Some of it will be unconscious because most moms don't know that each modality need at least one year to actually for you to determine whether it works or not. You can't just do a gluten dairy free diet for four months and maybe a crouton every two or three months. It's got to be 100% no grains, no processed foods, no oils for at least one year for the body just to get a breather. So you won't see any results within the first year, probably. But then, you also, so, so that's what they do. They jump from protocol to protocol and they don't get results. And then one thing that we are addicted to that you can't turn autism around if you hold on to is the complaining. So if you have a, an Instagram uh, uh, page and you use it to talk about how hard it is, I get it. It is freaking hard. But if you talk about how hard it is, from an energy and vibrational point standpoint, you'll get more hardship to complain about.
0: Right. So you
1: cannot allow yourself to complain about autism. You cannot allow yourself to battle the vaccine industry because you need everything you have to find the sacred message in your child and the pieces of the puzzle. So we need to stop talking about how hard it is and we need to stop finding someone to blame And even with the vaccine industry, and this is very controversial, but I needed my son to turn blue and foaming out of his mouth 911 to the hospital and losing him for me to wake up. What is it that vaccines right now is trying to teach us from a spiritual perspective? What's happening right now is that moms are forced to pull their children out of schools and out of the doctor's offices because it's just not... You don't have a choice anymore. So the sacred message for me was to get back into Mother Nature. What Can we look for a sacred message in what is happening in the U.S. right now that is forcing moms to take their children home and change everything? I know it's a hard journey, but there's no growth without severe discomfort. And I see this whole battle and war zone as a distraction... From the sacred path, if we if we look at it like plant medicine, it wants something from us. And, and fighting the messenger, battling the sacred contract and all the different dark teachers in this whole game, which will be the medical industry and whatever, but they're part of it. You know, from your own life, you have had teachers and teachings that are dark and painful and uncomfortable, but you wouldn't have missed out on them because you wouldn't have been where you are without them. So I cannot afford to step into this whole battlefield of vaccines and uh, take my focus away from the healing path, because that's what it does.
0: I agree. And the fact is, is I guess once you've vaccinated your kid and that has had some impact on their susceptibility to the symptoms of autism, like well, you can't undo it. Mm-hmm. You can't take some activated charcoal and get the vaccines out. Like it's okay, let's move on. May or may not have something to do with it. So that makes sense. Um, that said, I do have to press you a little bit on yeah. on this one. And I want to say... Um, if you had a kid right now, you know, aside from the spiritual lessons and all that, just purely from a physiological point of view, would you, on the U.S. schedule of vaccines, would you allow your kid to be vaccinated, or not?
1: No, my youngest hasn't hasn't had any uh, vaccines, and,
0: uh, and and how is that um, legally uh, in in the country where you live in Denmark? Is it as difficult as it is in the United States to exempt?
1: Um, I I live in the UK now. Oh, but do? Oh, but yeah, it's that's right. You live yeah, here. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, but, but it's the same thing. It's not... We, we There's no... It's going to be the same in the UK, by the way. Um, in Denmark, it's not mandatory yet. It's going to be. But it's... I have had to move my... I've taken my kids out of so many different schools and kindergartens and out of vaccine programs because... You know, you get letters to say we're going to vaccine and do you want your, that's my youngest, do you want him on the program or not? So, no, I would take my child away like I've done with my first child, away from the danger. But I won't spend my precious energy fighting against something we will never win against. Right. Because this is a a dark force that's been placed within our community to wake us up and to take our children home and place them back into nature. So I've, it, there's nothing new here. When my son was four, and this is about 15 years ago, there was a lot of moms who were only focused on vaccines and the vaccine damages, and they are still focused on the vaccines and the vaccine damages. And sadly, many of them do not have children who's been turned around because your focus then is on that and the problems and and creating more problems, which is the energetic part of it. So I'm not saying let's just accept everything and, and let's not do anything, not at all. I'm just saying from a quantum physics perspective, we need to understand that what we fight against will just persist. what we focus on will persist and we'll get more
0: of it the law of attraction goes both ways right you you it's like worrying they say is uh, praying for what you don't want (laughs) yeah exactly one way to state state that yeah i really appreciate that perspective and i again i'm always trying to find balance with myself through the balance of fear and awareness you know like cool okay so i know this but living in fear is worse for you so i appreciate your perspective i feel like I feel like the depth to your perspective requires a lot more time than we have today. So perhaps, you know, next time you come to the States or next time I'm over here, we're going to have to do like a part two and dip a bit deeper in. But I think this is groundbreaking work that you're doing. Um, I highly encourage people to seek out more of what you're up to. However, if you could just very briefly give us kind of, you know, the sequence of actions that a parent could take right now you know, five steps to just yeah. immediately do, what would be, how would you prioritize the steps to take if your kid has been diagnosed?
1: Step number one is to remove your child from the immediate danger, which is get rid of all processed foods. Basically, that's the easiest thing. So that's all grains, all, all damaged oils, gluten and dairy. Get your child outside barefoot every day, if possible and expose their skin to sunlight in the a.m. hours. Sleep in a dark room. And then number four is look at yourself, because your instinct is going to drive the healing journey or the opposite of the healing journey. So if you don't know yourself, if you can't understand your body's feedback, if you don't respect your body, if you don't know how to nourish yourself and follow instinct... And mother instinct, if you're not navigating from your soul and your body's feedback, you will not be able to do it on behalf of your child. So your own journey is really important when it comes to food, lifestyle, emotional health, and awareness, levels of consciousness. So it's a massive wake-up call for you as a parent and a massive gift and opportunity for growth. So the foundation before any testing, any supplements, any practitioners, any diets, outdoors, barefoot, grounding and sunlight. And then look at your own journey. It's it's really important. Understand that nothing happens without a reason. So if you can bring yourself to a place where you think, what is trying to be heard right now? So the message, in my opinion, which could be, the title for this whole conversation is what autism wants is to wake us up to something's got to change. So ask yourself in my life, what is it that has got to change? And it's typically lifestyle, inner emotional world, spiritually, what has got to change in your life?
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. And, very quickly, if you can, give us three teachers or teachings that have influenced your life and your work in any category that mm-hmm. our um, audience might be able to go look up and also learn from.
1: William Walsh's work, definitely very influential for me. And I work with one of the best practitioners in the world. There's only about there's only one in Europe that I would recommend. And uh, her name is Shalene Berenzi. Uh, Dr. Bradstreet, who... Unfortunately, uh, he's no longer with us. And Ayahuasca, Mother Ayahuasca, the plant medicine, has really been a great teacher for me in returning to nature and understanding that this is all about her calling us home. And uh, then the work of Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden, which I've I've followed the two older guys (laughs) since the beginning of my journey. The whole thing that has to do with whatever we focus on will happen in our lives. So we create the future for our children. Autism is all about creation and autism turnaround is also a piece of creation. So that aspect, that's a teaching for me. That's, it's been crucial for me to be able to do the impossible, which is turn my son's autism around
0: that's amazing i love it and where can people find your website
1: so the website is barefootautismwarriors.com and i have a facebook group loads of parents moms from all over the world and uh, everyone's welcome there i go live there and help people for free if if they want they can ask me questions there and uh, i have a facebook page in my name and an instagram under my name, Ninka Benedit Mautzen
0: as well. Amazing. Thanks so much for joining me. This has been an enlightening conversation.
1: Thank you so much.
0: It's quite possible that right now your head is spinning from the information that was just presented in this conversation with Ninka. I'd like to invite you to perhaps listen to this episode again, especially if you're a family member or a parent of a child who is suffering from the symptoms of autism or is on the spectrum—it's a complex topic and one that I've avoided really covering uh, until I found someone that had a very unique perspective, as Ninka does. So, if you're someone in that position, uh, again, as I said in the intro, keep an open mind and an open heart. I think that uh, Ninka's take on this whole thing as it relates to karma and our spiritual lessons is very unique and powerful. If you know someone who has a family member with the symptoms uh, of autism, I'd love for you to share this episode with them. Again, not as a a vain attempt to promote this podcast, but really just to promote a different point of view and uh, perhaps give them some hope or some resources to find uh, the healing tools that Nika has found for her son. I just think this is such a hero's journey and such a harrowing tale from a brave woman and a brave kid. And I just feel so honored to have uh, transformational conversations like this with people that have just been through incredible experiences and adversity and have overcome them. And uh, it's just like, it's just such a pleasure to be able to be inspired in the ways that I am from sharing time with these fantastic people including you because without you I guess I would just be having private conversations with folks but I don't even know if that would be possible because I don't know that everyone on the show would just want to sit down with you know Sky Luke and have a chat <laughs> especially especially the shows that are 2 or 3 hours you know sometimes they go quite deep and it's, it's quite a commitment for our guests so because of you the listener, I get to have these fantastic conversations, which broaden my perspective on humanity and reality in general. So thank you. Thank Ninka. What a beautiful human being. And I'd also like to thank our sponsors. What? Don't hang up yet, folks. This is important. If you want to support the show, go to lukestory.com forward slash store. That's lukestory.com forward slash store where you will find today's sponsors, Organifi, Four Sigmatic, and Just Thrive, as well as a couple, well, maybe not a couple hundred, probably a hundred plus other brands and products that I personally use and believe in. And in many cases at LukeStory.com forward slash store, you will also find an exclusive discount. In fact, you get 20% off Organifi over there. You get 15% off Four Sigmatic. another 15% off of Just Thrive. So let your fingers do the typing. Get yourself over to lukestore.com forward slash store to support your health and to support this mission. Thank you so much for listening. And again, make sure to share this episode with a friend. This episode of the Lifestylist podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.